Hello, and welcome back to our Global Tech Swamp podcast. In this episode, we're being joined by Chris Sims, founder and CEO of member company Kavu, to talk about the amazing work they're doing around the intersection of diversity, equity, and inclusion, computer science education, and workforce development. We'll be talking through some of the diversity and equity gaps that organizations like Kavu are filling, how technical frameworks like Scrum help to build inclusive, people-first products, and what leaders around the globe can do to empower the next generation of innovators. But before we get to that, we have our hosts and friendly global podcast team here today. Hey, Brad. Why, hello there. Why, hello. And Caitlin, what's up? You know, just membership chilling. Just chilling. And Stephen, how is it going? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Chilling over here in the UK as well. Love to hear it. Uh, and of course, I'm Alex. Um, so before we hear from Chris, we're going to talk tech history and top global tech headlines. In celebration of Black History Month here in the U.S., we're recognizing the accomplishments of Black technology innovators throughout history. Hailing from Tennessee State University, historically Black college and university or HBCU graduate, Jesse Russell acquired dozens of patents in wireless technology that became fundamental to the development of the modern cell phone. His inventions include the first digital cellular base station, and those for the mobile data, telephone, and several for wireless communications. Um, American scientist and innovator Valerie Thomas graduated from Morgan State University, another HBCU, as one of only two women majoring in physics. Her love of math and science steered her to a career at NASA in 1964, where she led a team that developed an image processing system that sent the first satellite images to Earth. Thomas is also the creator and patent holder for an illusion transmitter, a technology still used today by NASA, surgeons, and TV screen producers that utilizes concave mirrors to create a 3D image. For more amazing accomplishments from Black innovators, head to the show notes and check out our blog honoring the legacy of Black Americans in tech. And now on to Bites and Brews. Brad, Caitlin, and Stephen, what is going on in the news? So the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, or the CMA, recently appointed specialists at the forefront of technological innovation, online competition, and tackling the dominance in digital markets. Uh, Leaders from competition, uh, academia, industry have been brought together to advise the CMA as it prepares to address problems in the online market by setting targeted rules aimed at big tech. For more information on the teams of experts and their goals for the future, head to the show notes. The U.S. Supreme Court is currently reviewing two cases related to Section 230, Gonzalez v. Google and Twitter v. Tomney. These cases will determine if social media platforms like YouTube and Twitter are liable for content posted on their websites, apps, etc. Here's a quick rundown of what the lay of the land is. Terrorist groups used YouTube and Twitter to recruit and plan activities. Both sites are also used by billions of users that post content that is not related to terrorism or other crimes. The current law says YouTube and Twitter are not responsible for bad actors on their platforms. Both Gonzalez and Tomney allege that the platform should be held responsible because they recommended and hosted terrorism-related content. The future of the internet is still not certain, 
but we do know if the court finds the platforms liable, it would likely open the door for lawsuits for both social media platforms and people who use them. We'll be sure to keep you posted on this in future episodes of TechSmart. The European Commission has asked all employees to uninstall TikTok from their corporate devices. Why they had on their corporate devices, who knows? As well as personal devices using corporate apps. Uh, An email sent to EU officials last week said, to protect the Commission's data and increase its cybersecurity, the EC Corporate Management Board has decided to suspend the TikTok application on corporate devices and personal devices enrolled in the Commission Mobile Device Services. TikTok was recently banned on US government devices at the state and federal level too, and we can likely expect this trend to continue in government uh, government bodies across the globe. The US Department of Justice recently released a report on the accessibility of the federal government's websites, the first report in a little over a decade. This report found that about one in 10 agencies' websites were not fully accessible for people with disabilities. Even more alarming, large agencies like the State Department and Department of Veterans Affairs were found to have 50% or less of their websites within accessibility requirements. The data in this report was collected from February 2021 to August 2022. For more information on this, including what Congress may do to intervene, head on over to the show notes. And that's all for What's Brewing. And as Alex mentioned earlier, we're being joined by Chris Sims, founder and CEO of Kavu, to talk about something that is very near and dear to our hearts here at the App Association, and that's the intersection of diversity, equity, and inclusion paired with computer science education and workforce development. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for joining us on the pod again. I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. It's always a good time to chat with you. Um, Well, I want to just kind of dive right into things. You and the team at Kavu have really an incredible mission. I'm hoping that you can kind of talk to us about what y'all are doing there and what the goals are at Kavu in terms of helping folks develop skills. Sure, and I am beyond humbled to be able to be a part of the mission here at Kavu. Kavu exists to build a more equitable workforce. The way we build a more equitable workforce is by creating highly engaging, very interactive, and much more importantly, very accessible training, uh, primarily in the Scrum and Agile space. Our goal is to see a more equitable workforce. For us, that looks like getting uh, more people from the BIPOC community, more women and women plus community in there, LGBTQ plus, low income, people from all over the world, getting them into life-changing career development opportunities that will prepare them to actually go in and get real jobs impacting the project management and corporate leadership workforce. So Scrum, Kavu is a Scrum and Agile learning platform. They like to call it a social learning platform. And what that means is that we create communities of learners that help learn together and more importantly, help people find their next job, their next role, expand their career, expand their opportunities. A lot of what we do is making it as accessible as possible, as affordable as possible. And one of the cool things we've been able to do is build our Level Up Scholars program. And through investment and funding that Kavu has made and through partners for the Alabama Power Foundation and with the Innovation uh, Association with, uh, sorry, with ACT and the ACT Association, uh, we've been able to award over 112 scholarships at the end of last year 
from funding from all these different resources that has gone to, again, invest people coming into a boot camp and then on to finding jobs and finding roles that are transforming to themselves, their families, and creating generational wealth. Uh, we are also Alabama's first benefit corporation. Uh, what a benefit corporation is in a public, specifically a public benefit corporation, it's a structure, a, a corporate structure that is what happens if a nonprofit and a for-profit were to have a baby, it would be a benefit corp. It means we exist, yes, to make a profit. We have a fiduciary duty to make money, but we also have a focus on a public benefit. Our public benefit, as I said earlier, is making a more equitable workforce and helping create high paying agile and project management jobs in the world. We want to help close the equity gaps, uh, help build a better app economy uh, and provide more opportunities from diverse communities, communities that are underrepresented to be able to get into these life changing careers. Absolutely. And obviously that mission is something to be so proud of. And we're so proud to be able to call Kavu a member of the App Association. Um, like I said, I can't say more good things about the work that you're doing. Scrum and Agile. Can you dive into what that is? What What is that? If you have no idea what that means, what is that? And how does learning and developing um, those kinds of skills make a difference when it comes to just being an employee or showing up as a person? Sure. So at its core, Scrum is a project management framework. It is a way to get things done. Uh, kind of the tagline is we help people get twice the work in half the time. It's something that was created kind of in the 80s, uh, formalized in the 90s, and has really taken over the world. And it is the way that people want to look at getting work done, primarily in the tech space, but definitely not limited to tech. I've worked uh, and seeing Scrum implemented in everything from heart surgery to restaurants to nonprofits to all sorts of organizations that need to get more work done, focusing on the humans in the machine, the people that are getting the work done. I like to say that Scrum is all about bringing people that have problems, putting them in the room with the people that can solve those problems and helping make solutions to human problems. At its core, Scrum is a people-centric approach, a people-focused approach. It's value-centric. Uh, and what I mean by that is there are five core values behind Scrum, and all of these values help drive a more equitable workforce. It is things like commitment, making a commitment to change the world, to solve people's problems, but also uh, in from a DEI, a DE&I perspective from equity, uh, making a commitment to actually get more people in the room and actually doing something about it. It's about respecting people, respecting ideas, the diversity of ideas, getting them in the room uh, to feel respected, feel valued, no matter where they come from and whatever their background is, helping them feel valued and respected, making them focus on courage, giving them a voice and a platform to not just be in the room, but to have a voice in the room, to be able to make an impact. Uh, it's focus, focusing on the importance of transforming the world and making it better and the openness to say we are not perfect yet we are absolutely not perfect in the agile community it is 70 percent white 70 percent male and that's not okay it's incumbent on all of us in that community to continue to first of all be open about where we are deficient and then commit to making the world better and i love being able to share that it's not only approach for getting great work done according to jeff sullivan one of the creators of scrum it's also the platform to which we can to systemically impact and remove global injustice. And Jeff, one of the creators of Scrum, views 
uh, kind of this inequity and injustice is one of the number one most important problems for us to solve and also a problem that can be solved using the framework and it's really cool to be able to and i'm really humbled and honored to be able to be a part of it to not just say that we're going to help make a more equitable workforce not just throw a few thousand dollars at a nonprofit and say they're going to go solve the work to actually own making the difference in the world because in making that difference and making a more equitable workforce we create greater value greater impact and systemic change the kind of change that's needed uh, I'm honored to be able on a regular basis, once a month, to be able to bring people from literally all over the world. I've had people literally in mud huts, in the same room, in the same learning environment with people that are VPs of artificial intelligence for large multinational organizations, putting them in the same team so they learn together, they build that relationship and help change the world moving forward. Absolutely. And I want to kind of touch on something that you just mentioned. Um, you know, it's su such a people centric kind of approach um, to doing things. So how do you think that that people first approach kind of plays into the success of the framework? Like, do you think that having people be the center of things makes it more successful and why? Absolutely. You know, the really at the end of the day, the way we create value in this world, regardless of the way teams create value, the way companies create value is by solving human problems. It's genuinely by looking and understanding where are the issues in the world, who are the humans that have them, and who are the humans that can solve those problems. And if you come in and you're focused on just building a thing, I'm going to go build the next great app, or I'm going to go spend hundreds of millions of dollars in building this big government system or whatever it is, and you're not focused on the fact that that system should exist to solve human problems. You're not really, really clear on that. Uh, you're going to spend a lot of money and you're not going to create value. And we can see that all the time in these phenomenal systems, expensive systems that are built that no one ever uses. Uh, what Scrum does in that human-centric approach, that human-focused approach, is genuinely focuses on creating value by understanding the pain points of humans and solving those pain points. Absolutely. I, I love that point of view. Um, I, I kind of want to drill down on something we've, we've touched on a few times. And so I want to make sure that we're really taking the time to dive in. Um, and that is around the gap in representation and inequities in our industry and how it really only amplifies, you know, the workforce development crisis that our industry is facing. Um, we've talked about the great work that Kavu is doing to kind of help close these gaps. But we know that y'all can't patch every single gap in our industry. So what can leaders do, whether it's other business leaders like yourself or leaders in D.C. or in governments across the globe? What can they do to help improve the workforce development gap that that we're seeing in our industry? I love that question. And first of all, commit to making a difference. Stop saying we value diversity, equity, inclusion. Stop saying those words throwing a few thousand dollars at a nonprofit and letting someone else go solve the problem. Every single person, every single business, it is incumbent on the business community, the legal and governmental community, it's incumbent on all of us to face and fight systemic inequity. So for the first part, make a commitment and then go do something. And you don't have to fix the entire world. Kabu cannot fix 100% of the global inequity issues, but we can fix some of it and we can actually do something about it. And everyone needs to start with this bias to action to say, we're actually, we're going to stop letting our words be the way we fight inequity. And we're going to let our actions be the way we fight inequity. And that is the first and most important thing that we can do to do that. Beyond that, looking at 
kind of the global uh, focus on building a more equitable workforce, one of the things that makes the most difference is who your community is. Who do you have access to? I grew up in rural Alabama. I had some phenomenal educators, phenomenal opportunities. But then later on in my life, I had the ability to go uh, through a workforce development grant. I had the ability to go work with the guy that invented Scrum, to go to Boston, uh, to Scrum Inc., to learn and be mentored and to be guided by him. And that opened up a whole world of opportunity. So it was governmental funds. It was a workforce development grant that allowed me from rural Alabama with no connections to this community to get in and open up and expand what the opportunity that I had. That expansion that community has totally changed the trajectory of my life the focus of my life it led to the creation of kabu and that was government funds spent in the right way to open up and give access it shouldn't just be me that has access it needs to be open to more and more people and we need to make that commitment one of the problems we see is that kind of funding that's out there is one not easy to find two if you can find it it's not easy to get it is unbelievably complicated to navigate the Byzantine application processes and structures, finding that money and being able to get out there. Uh, that complexity is a real problem. And so we need to make that access easier, more approachable, less intimidating, because if we can give more people that kind of access and make more awareness to the programs and the people and companies and organizations that are doing that work, that is a tangible path to transformative, life-changing opportunity. So first of all, Congress, government, we need to make the commitment to make these partnerships easier, to make this access to these funds easier. It is way too complicated. It should not be this complicated. We need to build an empowered workforce. We need to uh, act to enhance resources at all levels of development, whether it's local in your own backyard or it's at a federal or state or an international level. We need to make that commitment and be intentional about going after communities that aren't represented because those are where the next life-changing ideas are gonna come from. It's the people that aren't normally represented. Those are the ones that often have more creative ideas, creative solutions, and will create a better future for us all. Absolutely, I love that. You know, Scrum is kind of like a don't don't talk about it, be about it. And, and that's kind of the situation that we're facing right now with, with workforce and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Don't talk about it, be about it. Do those things, start those public-private partnerships, um, you know, allocate those resources, make sure that we're seeing leaders um, at, you know, the congressional level, at the state level, on a global level, working with business leaders to to empower the workforce. Because like you said, we need an empowered workforce. And um, we all know that a stronger app economy begins with a, a diverse and empowered workforce. So super excited to see where Congress uh, takes that and as, as well as, as business and global leaders um, throughout 2023 and the rest of our time here. Um, before we go, I would love to give you some time to talk about whatever you wanna talk about. What would you like to leave our listeners with, um, whether it's information about Kavu, an inspiring piece of advice, um, the the floor is yours. <laughs> well, that's a dangerous thing to offer me. Uh, as you can tell, this is something <laughs> that I am very passionate about, very focused on. Uh, it is critical. One of the things that, uh, I, again, I mentioned earlier that we're most excited about how Kavu is making an impact in this is our Level Up Scholars program. I've had the honor to talk to thousands of people 
throughout the road. We, we awarded 100 scholarships last year. We would like to see so many more because what we saw is there were literally thousands of people that we could help today. We need funding for that. Kavu has committed that 50% of all of our public training, 50% of all the things we do, be committed to focus on our Level Up Scholars program and focus on building a more equitable workforce. To do that, we need funds. That is not a cheap thing to execute on. So we built our, uh, I would love anyone that's interested to reach out to Rebecca Dobrinsky. She is our chief scrum master here at Kavu and she helps run our Level Up Scholars program. She is Rebecca at Kavu.co. If you're interested in engaging with our scholarship program, helping us fund that scholarship program and helping be act, make actionable change in people's lives, I would love to have the support in doing that because this is not an easy problem to solve it's one that we must do together and it's one that's going to be have the most impact on a positive future for everyone involved not just the people that see those scholarships on all the products all the solutions all the companies all the organizations all the governmental uh and nonprofits that these people go work for these are companies that are forever changed and funding this program will have a greater community and global impact uh through that and that's why we do it and we'd love to have partners joining us in that Absolutely. And I will be sure to include Rebecca's contact in the show notes. So if people are interested in donating and reaching out or working out a partnership, all that good info will be there as well as links to Kavu's website, their blog and all that good stuff. Um, well, Chris, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Tech Swamp. Yeah, Caitlin, thank you for having me. I love uh, everything that the App Association does and everything that I've been able to see as part of that. Thank you. I'm honored, always honored to be here. Thanks so much. The feeling is very mutual. <laughs> and now it's time for Random Identifier. Steven, since you are our newest addition, you are up first. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go for a really popular one at the minute. And if anyone else is going to choose this one, we can just talk about it instead of doing Random Identifier. But the <laughs> <laughs> but the TV show, The Last of Us, is absolutely incredible. I've been binging it over the last couple of days. Um, never played the game, but it's for those of you who don't know, it's based on a kind of um, apocalypse-type computer game that was released on PlayStation a few years ago. Um, and, they've, and it's on Now TV in the UK, and it's an absolutely incredible uh, adaption of it. So I'm completely hooked on that. It's a strong recommendation for everyone to watch. Yeah, episode three destroyed me emotionally, oh. and I could not calm down for like 20 minutes. I was talking to Alex <laughs> about it in the airport, and I started crying in the airport the next oh. day about the episode. I know. It was just, I know, it's 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 so well done, and it was just a nice little, this, I was going to talk right then, but I don't want to give it away to anyone. But yeah, it's a very sad episode and definitely worth watching. It's so good. I'm behind a few episodes, so I have to catch up, but like. I've just been waiting for like the right time because I enjoy it so much. I want to know that I'm going to be completely uninterrupted so that I can just like sit and watch. It's so good. Is it the same for you guys? So here it's released weekly. So it comes out. Yeah. So I quite like that. It's I like that you have to kind of wait for, uh, you have to wait a week. So we, we missed on the first few. So we got to binge the first few, but then having to wait, I don't know. I like it. It's it's a bit old fashioned, but it's a good way of, of watching these big shows. Yeah, I feel like that's coming back more too. Like weekly releases of shows, Yellow Jackets did that as well. And it just made it like, oh, it made it so much better. I agree. I love that. <laughs> um, Brad, what do you have for us? Of course, of course. I've got nothing as exciting as a, a 
a great TV show. Just yet another band that I that I'm into lately, and they're called Rum Jungle. Um, pretty Australian, nice little uh, sunshine music, which is really great as we we head into the summer and start to get a little bit warmer weather. I love that. Right. Yeah, I'm going to listen based on the name alone. To be honest with you, that sounds great. That's what I like to hear. I agree. I agree. Um, Caitlin, you are next. What do you have? Um, I also have a show. It's not out yet, but it will be soon. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six is coming out. I can't wait. I know that Alex is also very excited about this. We have talked about this book several times on this podcast alone. Um, But if you haven't read the book, you should. And you should also listen to the playlist that goes along with the book. Um, The publisher uh, put out like a playlist. I believe it's on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, And so you can kind of like immerse yourself in the vibes when you're reading. Anyway, the show's coming out. And from what I can see, the music sounds like it's going to be all original. Um, And I was kind of nervous about that. Um, I was very happy with what I heard in the preview. So my hopes are very high. I'm very excited about the next probably six to nine weeks um, as as these episodes get released. I think it's going to be an old fashioned release um, every week. So yeah, very much looking forward to this. I read that too, that it's going to be released weekly, which I'm very excited about. But also I consumed that book so quickly that like... I know. It was like I blinked and I was done with it. Yeah, me too. So I guess maybe this will let me relive all things I loved about the book. Anyway, yeah. Daisy Jones and the Six. Really great. I'm so excited for the show. Um, Well, I'm also going to talk about a show. I have been... um, I have been binge watching a show from the very, very early 2000s. Um, I don't know if everyone remembers, but I recently went through uh, a show called Supernatural, which is a 15-season show uh, that started on the WB and then moved to the CW. And I'm now doing something similar with a show called Smallville um, that also started on the WB before Supernatural and went on to uh, the CW. And it is a... Uh, 10 season show so I've really committed to this and Smallville is the origin story sort of of Superman but it's like when he was a teenager um and I love it I can't even pretend like I don't it's delightful uh, I have nothing but good things to say about the content that I'm consuming and I, I encourage everyone to watch it yeah like Smallville was out um on ABC Family as well um or Fox Family or whatever it was like in my my network or whatever my cable package and it always was followed up with kyle xy do you remember that show i do remember that show that guy didn't have a belly button that's so funny so like every time i think about smallville i also think about kyle xy because i'm pretty sure it was just like smallville came on and then it was followed by kyle xy so i just have now i feel like i'm gonna go down like a kyle xy rabbit hole (laughs) that is so funny so funny they're both aliens so makes sense Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, folks, that's it for our Global Tech Swamp. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff. And we now have transcripts available. You can find them in our show notes as well as on podscribe.com. Just search Tech Swamp. And don't forget 
to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And of course, we would love a rate review. Five stars, please. <laughs> and that is all for today, folks. Thanks for listening to this global episode of Tech Swamp. Everyone, say bye. 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 bye.